1: Yep. Now recording. Indeed. I can't hear you. You can't hear me? I can I can barely make out what you're saying. Hold on. Try now. Hello. You're like you're low. I can hear you better but you're low. Let me. How's that? It's better. All right, I'll uh, I'll just wait. Oh, I'm getting you a lot better now. Huh, okay.
2: Um. That's weird. Let me see if there's anything I can here. That'll help. All
0: right. What a... <laughs> what a fun day to podcast. Oh, jeez.
1: was as fun as mine.
0: <laughs> I can imagine so. Probably <laughs> as fun as England's. Which we'll definitely be talking about here. On the uh, Foreign Podcast. Episode 336. Um. Yeah. My name's Edward Green. Joined as always by McCall and Crime West Bradshaw. Um. Plenty to talk about uh, from the Nations League that took place over what was a very happening uh, international break. Uh, World Cup qualification also started up in different regions, such as Bra- uh, not Brazil, Brazil is in a region. The ball. The ball and AFCON, and I also want to say Asia. Asia's qualification started as well. Um, because, hey, there's two years, uh, oh, we'll be doing a World Cup, hopefully. And Europe still has to do the 2020 uh, European Championship. In so,
3: 2021?
0: Yeah, so that'll be a fun back-to-back, even though I guess the World Cup will be in the winter. So, it'll we'll, we'll all be good. So we'll talk we're still, we're about still sticking in that. Are we still guessing that's going to happen? I don't know. As of right now, yes. Um, So we'll talk a little bit about that. We will preview this weekend in the Premier League, uh, as well as next week's Champions League fixtures, uh, and then get into a couple big stories that have dominated the last couple days in English football. Um, Don't hit uh, the watch for and call it a day. As always, uh, the podcast is presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Um, So quickly to the Nations League. Uh, We are. The one that matters. Yeah, this one, this time it counts. Uh, We are four of six matches into this qualification thing. Uh, And as far as group A, are, are the four group A's, I should say. Um, these are the top 16 teams currently in Europe. The winner of each group will uh, advance to a Nations League 14 tournament next year, which is just great and awesome and wonderful. Um, the bottom four, the bottom team in each group, gets relegated to Group B, and they'll be replaced by winners of the uh, Group B groups, if that. Makes any sense whatsoever. You completely
3: um, lost me, and I knew what was going on here.
0: it's It it is. Hey, at least you get to play more competitive international friendlies. I guess that's that's a thing. Um, yeah, because that's what we want: are
3: more internationals.
0: Um. So, real quick, just looking at the groups, uh, we'll just do Group A. No, no real need to go into the other groups. Uh, Group A, led by Poland, uh, currently uh, second are Italy, just one point back. Netherlands, two points back of them. Uh, B&H are five points out. Uh, They cannot win the group, but they can still afford the drop. Uh, Group C, currently a two-way tie between Portugal and France, each at 10 points. Uh, Three wins, one draw. The one draw, unsurprisingly, to each other. Uh, Croatia and Sweden are at the bottom of that group. Three and zero points, respectively. Uh, Sweden may, in fact, be looking to drop. But Portugal and France, very competitive to see who gets out of that one. And then Group uh, Four, A4, uh, Spain currently it's on seven points. Germany, uh, Ukraine, both on six points. Germany has a currently a better head-to-head. And Switzerland has just two. And I did skip Group A, but we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, I do want to say, though, Wes, um, and this is something that even The Athletic mentioned uh, in in one of their stories this week, Um, and and we've kind of been seeing it over the course of this Nations League, and for however much we want to mock it, uh, Germany has looked to be a team in transition, and uh, under Coach Lowe, hasn't really refound some of the magic they've had over the past five, six years, and uh, they're... They're stuck in this very transition phase where they still look pretty good and they still have good names, but the results, while not bad, aren't also very good. There was the time they, I believe, to begin the this whole Nations League thing, they almost beat Spain and gave up a late goal. Uh, they drew Switzerland, who's the lowest team in this group, 3-3 over this international period. Um, so just very, very striking results for the Germans, even if they still sit in a decent position to possibly make it out.
3: Um, <clears throat> just to touch on real quick, Germany, their issues are at the back. Um, Jurgi Love made waves a few years ago when he basically told his starting center back pairing of Jerome Boateng and Mats Hummels that... um. You know, didn't suggest, hey guys, you know, maybe you might want to hang it up. No, he basically said you're banished from the national team forever. <laughs> um, well, you know, a few years later... Old strategy. <laughs> uh, yeah, a few years later and, oh shit, they're still the best two German center backs in the country. <laughs> but now he doesn't have access to them. He said Boateng was too slow. Well, Nicolas Sula is actually slower than Boateng. <laughs> <laughs> so... um they, you know, Germany have a way they want to play, but man, they're just—they don't have the horses to play that way right now.
1: And there's a lot going on. You know, Yogi Love is—you
3: know—he's he, getting—he's getting close to walking on those eggshells. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: That World Cup, while it was awesome, you know, we're getting further and further from that World Cup every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, what have you done for me lately, Yuri? You know, you didn't, didn't win a game at the last World Cup.
1: Um, That's true.
3: Not, not that winning. was
1: Ozil's fault, remember?
3: That was, yeah, oh, totally Ozil's fault. I mean, not that, not that anyone on this show would have ever pushed that narrative. Down, boys. Down, boy, down, <laughs> But uh, you know they had a very poor showing at World Cup, and I think a lot of people were surprised that he stuck around after that World Cup. Mm-hmm. And people were like, "Oh, well, it was just a it was just a blip on the radar." Well, unfortunately, it hasn't been a total blip. They have never really recovered from that. They were mm-hmm. true. I mean, like you said, they're they're still better than most everybody. But this is Germany who, yeah, you know, they feel you know, we should just be better than everybody, which.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: with that talent level I can't totally disagree with that
1: yeah so, um, I would agree I think Yergi I think Yergi loves getting close to the last chance saloon
2: oof
1: I don't think they'll make a move before the Euros
3: mm-hmm. you know I really I really feel that Um. God you know with Euros and World Cup being so close together we'll see if there is a move to make but, um, you know, I feel if Euros had been played this past summer and Germany had not gone deep in that tournament, which the way they were looking kind of looks mm-hmm. like it might not happen. if right now we wouldn't already have a new German manager. That's a good point. That's a very good point, uh, actually. But now, you know, you've got Euros still to come, and then the World Cup is literally like 15, 16 months after Euros. Yeah. And then the big question, you know, Germany, of course, they want a German manager, which, I mean, why shouldn't they, you know? <laughs> but here's the thing, I mean, which big German manager goes for that? You know, Nagelsmann's not at that point of his career yet. Certainly Klopp's not at that mm-hmm. point of his career yet. Tuchel's not, doesn't seem like he's at that point of his career yet.
1: There's no built-in successor.
3: You know, they talked about, well, you know, maybe one day Klopp national team manager. Okay, well Mm -hmm. he sure ain't ready to do it now. No. (laughs) You know, maybe maybe the twenty twenty six World Cup, you know, that Mm -hmm. may be you know, that might be your earliest real chance for a Klopp World Cup. Um so I just I don't know, Germany kind of seem in this weird limbo at the moment where they got this young, exciting attacking generation. They've got young, exciting
1: midfielders. They've got young, exciting fullbacks.
2: <laughs>
3: Shit, what do we do with the actual defense of this team? <laughs> um So Germany is definitely an interesting group to follow going forward. Definitely an interesting group to follow.
0: Absolutely. Again, with, with uh Euros coming up next year and then a very quick turnaround into qualification for the World Cup, it's gonna be Interesting times in Deutschland. Uh, speaking of which, we'll round out now our Nations League talk with Group A2. Uh, Belgium currently on top with nine points. Denmark and England level at seven apiece. Denmark owned the head to head, and that will not change now that those two teams have played twice. Uh, and Iceland, poor little Iceland, they were, they were a feel good story a couple years ago, or one year ago. And now, uh, now they have zero points through four matches and have given up eleven goals. Um, this is still a tight group. Certainly, anyone could come out of it. England will will need a little bit of help, but also still do play Belgium a second time. Uh, and Wes, it was it was looking good. They you know they had a decent match against Wales and what I assume was a friendly to start this whole thing off right, right, because we friend. needed we needed more matches. Absolutely. Um, and then, and then I'm hearing, I'm seeing articles in the Athletic. Uh, if I can just pull it up real quick, um, uh, this was from Sunday at 4:39 p.m. I got notification about this article. England showing proof of progression. Southgate's Ugh. team displayed a pragmatic side in victory over Belgium, and they did beat Belgium. They beat a good Belgium team, mm-hmm. and then they came out and kind of shit the bed against Denmark today. Uh, Harry Maguire's um, horror show continues now. For for basically ever since that that weird thing happened in Greece, it has been all downhill for Harry Maguire. Um, no, and really? You go from
3: Maguire. You just start on the restart. He hasn't been nearly the same true. since uh, since COVID hit.
0: Very true. Um, and it's been that way for United, as you mentioned, and now now it's translating into England as well. Uh, England also putting out what I think was a very interesting lineup against uh, against uh, Denmark, um, and this one Christian Eriksen comes back to get the only the only goal in this match on a penalty. Um, but here here's how they're lining up. Um, they are lineup. You have Maguire, uh, Connor, Cody, Kyle Walker, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Um, you have uh, a couple other young players, Calvin Phillips, uh, Declan Rice, Mason Mount, and then Kane and Rashford leading the line. And I did – I forgot Reese James. My apologies, Reese James. Um, so but when I look stars? at this, – so this to me doesn't scream like, hey, this is the 11 we're going to war with when it comes time to play Europe. Um, I I know this will probably drive England fans crazy. Jordan Henderson probably won't be on the bench when that happens. He will probably be starting. Um, Trent Alexander arnold will most likely be starting unless something crazy happens. Uh, Jack Grealish, if he continues on the form he's on, will probably be starting. Uh, And people like Raheem Sterling weren't even on the, uh, the bench for this match. So part of me is thinking that this was more of a product of just wanting to try players out and saying fuck it you know this is our third match of the international break let's give the kids a try um but it does west break a little bit of the momentum that south had been building with england towards potentially winning this somewhat difficult group and also going into uh next year's heroes
3: oh one of the biggest problems gareth Southgate right now I understand wanting to, you know, I love the blood in the boys, Ed. You do. I'm a big fan of blood in the boys. you got to blood in the boys. You do. The problem is, Gareth Southgate is, you know, we've been blooding in the boys for quite a while now for Gareth. I understand, mm-hmm. you know, you want to get guys who deserve the chances, you give them the chances. But at some point, Gareth Southgate has to come up with, most of a starting eleven. Yeah, And did let them play together. <laughs> I mean, right now, you know what? I can't tell you what England's best starting eleven is because I don't think Gareth Southgate knows what England's best starting eleven is. <laughs> that um, is a problem. And, and once again, I mean, I understand. You know, it's uh, you're on the international break of the season. You're trying not to overplay a bunch of guys, but. Yeah, you, know, you need to see the hallmark of what is your best side. Uh-huh. And you beat a Belgium team that moderately strong, of course, was missing both Hazard brothers. Which at this point, <laughs> you know, fat Eden I mean that's kind of a hazard to have that Hazard on the hey. Oh look at me in my joke. Um But, you know, England really didn't look very good against Denmark, but got the job done. Yeah, y'all. And then come out, and Harry Maguire.
1: The way Harry Maguire has played
3: over, especially in this past week of games, I don't want Harry Maguire anywhere near England. I want him first name on the sheet for Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer and Man United. <laughs> I don't want to be right near this England setup right now. He's fucking terrible. Pardon not French. Boy, that's just how I feel about Harry Maguire right now. And this is Harry maguire I was a big fan of Harry Maguire. He was doing great. He was great. But like you said, something is not right with Harry Maguire. Mm-hmm. And the only way for him to you know get out of that for me, is to maybe step away from England for a, for a few matches. And I don't mean as in, you know, he has to not show up, but you know, Gareth Stockton almost needs to take him out of the line of fire. Uh, mm-hmm. Ollie needs to keep playing him and, you know, make sure he's <laughs> one-on-one with everybody. But...
2: Yes.
3: You're special, Ollie. We know that.
1: Um, <laughs> but yeah, Harry Maguire is not good,
3: and basically today, I don't know what the hell he was thinking today. That first challenge was probably red card worthy. And all he yeah. got was a yellow for it. So I was like, okay, we got a second chance. I was like, oh, hell no, I don't want a second chance. I want that damn red card. <laughs> I mean, 35th minute. The 35th damn minute of this match. Excuse me, 31st minute, not even 35th. Yeah. 30 minutes yeah. in and you're getting sent off? Give me a break, dude. Give me a break. Um, I mean, Joe Gomez has not been steady any this year, but right now, give me Joe Gomez all day. Every- Just because at least Joe Gomez isn't going to be Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. England, after beating Belgium, England should be in charge of this group right now. And mm-hmm. instead, they're chasing. Now, once again, not like... The Nations League is the be-all, end-all, what you're after. But, damn, I mean, isn't it just nicer to be playing well?
2: Yes, yes.
3: I mean, get some momentum, man. And we had it after that damn Denmark match. And then today, it's like it's like the old Paul Abdul song, you know, two steps forward, two steps back. Yeah. You come together because opposites attract. It's kind sure. of like Harry Maguire playing a damn ball. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, So, anyway. uh, A frustrating end to what, up until today, had been a really solid international break. Mm. Um,
0: And they will still have a chance to make amends. Uh, November 15th and 18th uh, are their next and final two matches of this group, and that will be the next sort of international break timing. Um, And, again, they will start off with, having to go to Belgium. And if they do win that match, uh, and you you have to think then Denmark, uh, they'll be playing Iceland. You think Denmark gets a win there. Denmark and England then will be top of the group at both at 10 points. And then England get to play Iceland their last match. They would have to win there and then hope Belgium beats Denmark so that England can own the head-to-head against Belgium to win the group. Uh, That's that's the easy way, I think, for for England.
3: And that's a whole hell of a, whole, a whole lot. I, I don't see England, especially the way they just played today. I, I don't see England going to uh, going to Brussels or Bruges or wherever it's going to mm-hmm. be, and coming out with um, with a positive result that they need.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be tough. So we will, we will see around then. It'll be again. Those will be on the fifteenth and eighteenth. Uh, Group A1 also plays 15-18. A3 and A4 will play 14-17. Uh, so we will know who will be coming out of those groups those days. Um, To the Premier League, uh, again, we mentioned this last week, but big, big start to it this weekend. Very, very big start. Everton versus Liverpool. This time it counts. I guess we'll say. Um, so I, they
3: finally got a legitimate manager, so now it means. Again.
0: <laughs> exactly, um, And of course it also is because Everton currently topped the table with their undefeated run to start the season 12 points out of 12 um, Liverpool though right behind them and they'll be looking to bounce back what seems like three months ago was the last time we saw them out there but it was just a couple weeks uh, when they lost uh, to Aston Villa so this will be a big match Um, As well, at 10 a.m., you have Chelsea, Southampton, Leicester versus Aston Villa. That's all of a sudden become a very big one Uh, for different reasons. Newcastle versus United, also big, because remember, United coming off a 6-1 to Spurs. Uh, And then you also have Sheffield United versus Fulham. Both teams looking to get a first point of the season there. And West Brom versus Burnley. At 1230, it's the other quote-unquote big match of the day as Man City Post Arsenal on Sunday, just two matches um, real quick. If NBC sports will advance on the day. I know Tottenham plays West Ham, I believe at 1130. Uh, I do not know offhand what the next day's match is. So I guess, I guess NBC sports just isn't going to tell me that's okay. I have a backup. thing. Give me a
3: uh, uh, I Monday, got it. Monday. Monday's West Brom Burnley and Leeds versus Wolves.
0: Thank you. That that should be a a fun one. Leeds versus Wolves, uh, at three p.m. Also, <laughs> um, also I'm starting to think that this schedule isn't actually right on NBC Sports. This this is not an up to date schedule. Let me give you the uh, the official. Oh, an error occurred while processing your request. Thanks, NBC Sports. You no, no, well just put- thanks, Peacock. Yeah, I was just about to say, thanks, Peacock. Um, okay, this is your schedule. 7.30, Everton, Liverpool. 10 a.m., Chelsea, Southampton. 12.30, Man City, Arsenal. 3 p.m., Newcastle, Man United. That's Saturday. Sunday, Sheffield versus Fulham's at 7. Palace, Brighton at 9. Tottenham, West Ham at 11.30. That Leicester versus Villa match is now Sunday at 2.15 p.m. And as Wes mentioned, West Brom Burnley on Monday at 12.30, followed by Leeds versus Wolves at 3. Thanks, NBC Sports and Peacock. That was great.
3: Hey, by the way, NBC Sports and Peacock, that was sarcasm.
0: Yeah, Guess, (laughs) guess what, though? Um, that will be the worst broadcasting news we make (laughs) on this show. Don't worry.
3: We still love you. You're amazing.
0: Oh yeah. You're, you're, you're aces. 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 Um, real quick, Wes also want to just dive into the champions league because that will have kicked off between now and our next pod with the first matches for each group. Um, and I mean, right out of the gate, Wes. We are getting, now granted it's on the second day, so it'll be on Wednesday, but Group A is leading off with Atletico at Bairn, which is fantastic. Um, and in fact, most of the groups, except for one, are, uh, are actually having their Pool A and Pool, or Pool 1 and Pool 2 teams playing each other in the first match, which means you also get Ah, uh, Rail versus Shakhtar, Porto versus City, Liverpool versus Ajax. That's in uh, that's in the Netherlands. Yeah, um, who the hell is
3: Ajax in your book. I've never heard you speak of an Ajax. Oh,
0: Ajax. Hey, Ajax. <laughs> hey
3: guys, America, Ajax.
0: <laughs> oh, this is what happens when I try. Ah, uh, Chelsea gets to play Sevilla. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, on the on the twentieth. Oh, so you got Zenit versus Dortmund, uh, PSG versus United. Um, there there was, I know we like to make fun of Solskjaer. Uh, there was, uh, oh. a, I think it was an athletic article uh, that mentioned that, oh, you know, Ed Woodward, he he won't hesitate to pull the trigger on Solskjaer if he thinks he needs to. Um, that, that could be it. If If they lose on the weekend and they don't look competitive against PSG, that that might be the time. I'm just saying. Oh, I don't uh, it. Yeah, it's fine. We, we'll hope it doesn't happen. Um, and then Group G. This is the only one that's different, and I have to assume there's a real reason. But I'm just going to say it's because they couldn't have anything. dare stage. Juventus versus Barcelona. Oh God, no! Certainly, we can't have that. So oh, that'll be in this.
3: Wait a minute. Except our old friend
0: COVID. Yeah. Oh,
3: that's ruined right Madrid for her. Has basically ruined
0: Barca. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Juventus in a little bit of trouble as we have had reports that both uh, Ronaldo, who was on Portugal duty, as well as America's own Weston McKinney, both have contracted COVID, and uh, and and the entire team for Juventus has shut down. Weston
1: he didn't
0: have an international Don't Italy's doing great. Um, so there you go. That's uh, that's your schedule for this coming up uh, week of matches. Wes, um, I mean, certainly we're all looking forward to Bayern versus Atletico for one of them, but I really think Chelsea Sevilla could also be a lot of fun. Oh,
3: absolutely. Just because that's the group of, holy shit, about to happen. Yeah. No one has a clue what's yeah. gonna happen here. That's that's really like the crazy throw up group where mm-hmm. uh where like anything can go down. Um excuse me. Where are we at here? <clears throat> it's just October twentieth. Um of Via Lazio Dortmund could be somewhat interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh PSG United that's definitely that's definitely your day one um that's your mm-hmm. super match. Uh, Real Madrid, Shakhtar, Bayern Atletico, Inter Gladbach. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of it. You know, you, you don't have any. We've got a few big ones to start it off. What well, you said? Chelsea, Sevilla, PSG, United. Uh, mm-hmm. Ajax, Liverpool, uh, Bayern Atletico. your notes yeah. on that. Real Absolutely. Madrid
0: matches absolutely so check those out and we'll have news for how you can watch those just a bit later in the podcast um, oh yeah oh yay uh so because there that would be our big news of the week but something something managed to beat it out uh and this came out uh let's see this was sunday and a big article from the athletic and in other places of course but um this was the headline of this article was on the athletic uh by Adam Crafton and more, always good when it's an and more. United Liverpool and Perry, that's Rick Perry, not the Rick Perry you might be thinking of Americans. This is a different Rick Perry. Uh, the Perry. Is, that's
3: the immediate Rick Perry that I think of because he used to be <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, United, <laughs> Liverpool <laughs> Um United, Liverpool, and Perry spark, quote, nuclear war in English football. Um, this was a very, very interesting thing. This was called Project Big Picture. Um, it was going to be sort of a way to help lower-level English teams uh, that have been struggling through COVID to make sure that they are able to stay afloat uh, and that they, they would have been able to to get some revenue in. Uh, It would have, this was actually one of the good things about it. Uh, For supporters, away tickets would be capped at 20 pounds. Away travel would be subsidized. And uh, there was going to be exploration of safe standing for away people. Um, However, uh, the Community Shield would have been axed. The Carabao, ooh, I almost called it the full name. The League Cup would also have been axed. Uh, and, And this is maybe the biggest one the Premier League would have gone from 20 teams to 18. And they would have done a relegation promotion system very similar to Germany's where 18 and 17 get relegated, 16 would have to fight in a tournament to keep their spot in the Premier League. Um, This also would have guaranteed uh, voting rights for various clubs. Um, this would have been the top, what we think of the top six, which are, uh, if I'm correct on this, uh, Liverpool, United City, Chelsea, Arsenal, and I'm guessing Spurs. Uh, and then it also, and then it also would have included Southampton, West Ham and Everton. Um, and, and the, the interesting thing about this West is that I feel like we only get talk of these sorts of things and by the way i do suggest not that we're pimping the article the athletic in this part but do go check out this athletic article in particular because they have a super creepy picture of ed woodward at the top of the screen um but what i find (laughs) what i find very interesting about this wes is that these two assumedly very smart people in groups and Liverpool's John Henry and Ed Woodward for whatever we say about his transfer deals and negotiation he does seem to have at least some sense of business acumen for for them (laughs) for for them to put this forward with apparently no other backing from any other Premier League team because this got voted down 18-2 and with oh, actual no, 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 teams, no, no,
3: no. it was voted down twenty to none.
0: Oh, was it? I thought I saw eighteen to two.
3: No, it was unanimous. It was unanimous twenty to none. <laughs> Which like, wait a minute, uh, why would you even bring up?
0: Um, and you also had teams explicitly speaking out of it, like Lester, who of course, it has done pretty well and would probably feel very aggrieved to not be included in those nine permanent voting members. Um. That this just this seems like a gross miscalculation. Um, now there it will be a, an EFL rescue package at work that was on from another article by The Athletic. Um, that will help League One and League Two teams. It's a 50 million pound package. Um, that that will be able to help them out. But, Wes, this was this was an insane story to come out that that looks like a somewhat naked power grab by these two clubs and and oh. the worry I have is the looming specter of of a super league I, I feel actually becomes like two percent stronger because because of this. This but this story was just absolutely mind-blowing.
3: A few things on this uh one if you want a little more insight um there is actually a story about uh, John Henry, which basically this was the brainchild of John Henry many years ago, apparently. <laughs> uh, he's been he's been thinking about this for about seven or eight years now, apparently. Um, and I think the whole COVID and the financial situation right now kind of gave them a, an opportunity to bring this to the forefront.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: now let's start with this um, I believe that Liverpool and Manchester United we'll just, we'll just use them as our entities here I, sure. I think they knew 100% that there was no chance of this going through
0: I certainly hope so
3: um, yeah I mean nobody's this crazy delusional I mean except for you know maybe Ed Woodward but anyway um, <laughs> Or whoever the hell gave Harry Maguire 80 million pounds. Oh, yeah, that was it, Woodward. Hey! <laughs> hey! Um, no, uh, I don't think this was ever anything that they thought this was going through. What I do believe is going to happen, though, is going to be a kind of a base ground floor where we are going to see some things happen. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's not get it twisted this project had some really, really solid, good things in it Mm -hmm. um, that were just big wins for everybody. Um, Not the least talking about um, the away supporters and how they were that. Um, In the long run, even more than this maybe one-time thing that you're going to get for the lower league clubs, with this proposal, the lower leagues where right now the lower leagues get like eight percent of the Premier League TV revenue. With this, it was gonna turn up to twenty-five percent of mm. the TV revenue was going to go to the lower leagues. Very big. Which is I mean, that's money in those guys. Pocket. Not even so mm-hmm. much like the championship teams, but the league one and the league two teams that are struggling to stay alive. I mean, this is, I mean, apparently those clubs, shit, yeah, we're all in on this. <laughs> um, it, it would have been, and there is the potential for it to be a very big boon for those teams. And I think that's going to, whatever ends up happening, have something. there's going to be something in there that the Premier League is going to end up really helping these lower league clubs. Um, because I think they do realize that these clubs, you know, A, they develop a lot of the talent that goes through the English system, and B, socially, these clubs mean so much to these towns. It's not all London and Manchester and Merseyside and Birmingham, you know. It's not just the big cities in England that benefit so much from these clubs. It's it's the small towns, it's the villages where, I mean, you just, you look at like Barry, which was such a big, it was a big story last year. Barry who had, was one of the original teams in the football association back in the 1800s going out of business.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: These are the things that we don't want to see happen, but unless they help because COVID has absolutely wrecked the lower leagues. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Especially financially. Excuse me. So there were some good things in on that. And that's the thing with this proposal. There were some really good things. and, And the Athletic did some really, really good stories on it. And one of them basically breaks down, you know, issue by issue, who's the winner, who's the loser, what does this say? Which is, that's really, that's the best thing that I read. Um, because it, it puts it out there much more in black and white. But it's, here it is. Um, it's called Explain Project Big Picture, The Winners and Losers. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there are some really tough things here. And personally, I'm, I'm the league structure, the 18-team league, I mean, it, I'm not going to say it's the worst thing ever. It would take out a few rounds of matches. Um, it would relieve some of that clogged scheduling, and yes, where everybody gets mad as always, oh, it just helps the teams because it helps them concentrate on Europe. Or, well, sorry, not sorry. As a fan of a team who is regularly in European competition, and you know, I've seen what Liverpool have gone through years with the damn schedule. Mm-hmm. It's insane. to It's insane the amount of football that players are having to play. It's absolutely crazy. Um, the playoff for the last spot in the Premier League would be fascinating. Basically what it would be is number one, number two from the championship, automatic promotion like they get now.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, 17 and 18 from the Premier League would go down, and then number 16 would be in a tournament with the championship number three, number four, number five. Yeah. And the winner of that tournament would get the last spot in the Premier League. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, so I
0: it's mean, essentially the championship playoff out. as it is now, but instead right. of taking the 16, the sixth place team in the championship, they're right. taking the the third relegation candidate from the Premier League and putting them right. in, which is crazy.
3: And that's awesome because now it's like, <laughs> you know, those guys are literally fine. There. To me, that's awesome. Um, get rid of the Community Shield. Who cares? It's one freaking game. By the way, I say who cares because we've lost the last two. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and personally to me, I don't really see why you get rid of the Community Shield. Once again, it's one match. Uh, yeah. The League Cup, I don't know. A lot of people don't like the League Cup. I like the League Cup just for the simple fact that it gives us a chance to play like the, the Hardy Elliots and the Curtis Jones and those guys, they can get a match. Mm-hmm. But if you get rid of it, not the end of the world. Um, the money distribution is big time. Um, that, that would be really good for the EFL. Um, you know, it would just, it would be a lot. Uh, it would be parachute payments, which I think is a good thing. I mean, why should you, be rewarded for getting relegated you know just because you find guys to a bunch of bad contracts it's like oh here you know here's your parachute payment so you can pay these guys off to try to get rid of them Mm -hmm. Um, another thing is um cost controls which they're talking like a hard salary cap for the efl with the premier league and the championship adopting much stricter financial fa- fair play policies, which of course now we know why city didn't vote for this. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, it would put salary cap on league one and League two, which would, I mean, that would make those even more competitive. I think this, this really makes all the leagues more competitive. A lot of these mm-hmm. ideas in this, um, uh, Meteorites. Now, this was an interesting one as well, where they say it gives a big advantage to the big teams. Out of all the games, the clubs would get eight matches a year that they could then distribute on their own platforms.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, you talk about making big money. You think about suddenly, it's not like United and Liverpool, and they were able to sell that match themselves. Shit. Shit, yeah. I mean, you think you think about how many people will watch that match, and then you're mm-hmm. like, all right, five bucks, a, you know, five pounds a person. Shit, they would make millions on millions. So that is where you get some of that financial disparity because, you know, okay, so Liverpool and United are selling their match. Hell yeah, I'm that match. It's like, mm. oh, okay. well, Burnley and Southampton are selling theirs. Cool. <laughs> uh yeah cool. Um yeah. academies came up in this um it would relieve a lot of the lower league teams from having to run an academy. Right now you're basically um forced to run an academy system. Mm-hmm. Well, you know some of these smaller clubs they can't afford this shit. And for what they're producing sometimes it's just not worth it. So um you know that's something in that could you know that would expand the um, the parameters of being able to do from the bigger clubs that would give them a chance to mm-hmm. do some things there. so there's a lot to it um, it would put a lot of money into grassroots into women's football. So you know to me it's not just a hard uh, uh, no. but I also think that they put in a whole lot of kind of like, a, it's kind of like what we're getting right now with these stimulus packages going through Congress. Mm-hmm. But, hey, <clears throat> here are the really good things. Here's, you know, we're going to do this and this and this. Oh, and by the way, we're going to slip in like three of these other issues that we know pisses off. pisses you know, the other side off. And we're going to put that on there contingent with passing the stimulus package. So then if you don't pass it, you're like an asshole. That's kind of what this is. They were kind of slipping in the big things, like, "Oh, and by the way, the six of us control everything now. <laughs> no big deal." But hey, we're going to give a shit ton of money to grassroots football. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I do. I, I say for everyone who's interested in this or wants to figure out exactly what's going on, definitely check out that athletic article. Matt Slater, um, once again, it's called "Explain Project Big Picture: The Winners and losers. It Breaks Down Each Part of It." Really good, really in depth. It's in depth, but not where your head's like spinning for reason. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I believe this is going to be kind of a kickoff point. I believe we're going to have some structuring here. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be nearly as radical in the end as some of this looks, but I do think there's too many good ideas here for it to just go blanket no.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, just just a hard no.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes from here because clearly this is something that isn't going to go completely away, even if it was unanimously voted down to start right. with. Um, so that's that'll be, I'm sure. Give it six months, and we we might start to hear rumblings of something similar. Um, then this story came out yesterday because um, we're again we talked about the Champions League, everything. So exciting. And now it comes out from awfulannouncing.com where they have CBS's schedule for how they're gonna be doing it, at least the group stage of the Champions League. Um if you think you're gonna be able to look, watch it on your television through cable, you are sadly, sadly mistaken. Um there will be on CBS Sports Network the Golazzo Show. Because, yeah, that's a great name, Um, which if you, if you know what the NFL Red Zone is, the Red Zone uh-huh. Network, uh, that's that's pretty much what you're getting there. You're going to get whip around coverage of all the group stage matches that will currently be playing and looking to get into each one when something important happens. Uh, that'll start off at 3 p.m. Uh, with a pre-match show. Hey, they, they actually did try something at 2:30. Um. There will be it looks like Univision will be doing potentially live matches on their network networks in Spanish. But if you want English language commentary, you will have to go for every single group stage match onto the CBS all access online platform. Um, now, if you were if you remember, cast your minds back to August when uh, CBS Sports kind of rushedly took over for Turner after they they basically took their ball and went home um, for the rest of the the Champions League playoffs, you may remember that they also did pretty much everything online. And we kind of said, ah, well, you know, it it was last minute. Tough to move the schedule around to get these matches on the networks. What are you going to do? Apparently, you're not really going to do anything different because, again, at least for the group stage, every match will be on CBS All Access at either 1255 or 3 p.m. There will be other blanket coverage, post-match coverage, post-match shows Mm -hmm. on that CBS All Access as well. So there will be a decent amount of coverage, 11 a.m. to, I assume, 630 or 7 p.m. every match day. That's Eastern time. But Wes, I, I feel like I feel like with Peacock and now now this CBS All Access, it's basically become. Hey, you remember how it used to be where finding your your soccer you wanted to watch was really really tough and, and barely available on networks, and then and then how you liked it when when we started putting it all on networks and it was much easier to watch, well, we know you like that, so we want to start making more money from that. So this is the answer. Yay! It's a great time to be a soccer fan, especially an American one.
3: So let's pro and con this, boy,
1: okay? Go ahead. Please, go ahead. Hey! Good
3: luck. I'm actually really down with that. Okay. I like Galatza when uh and in a in a galaxy <laughs> when I used to watch the NFL.
1: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> when when I was not particularly watching, um I would leave it on red zone a lot of the time. Yeah, that's right. It would hop around, you know, when when something was about to happen. It was cool. It was much better than, you know, having to watch the Panthers because that's the only damn game. <laughs> True. And
2: True.
3: that's not an anti-Panthers thing. Yeah, I want the Panthers fans to have to watch their game just because they were the local game. So mm-hmm. I actually like that idea because dirty secret about old Wes here, if Liverpool's not playing and it's not a particularly – Steamy affair that's going on.
2: Uh huh.
3: I'm not going to watch Krasnodar play something. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, let's put it this way when Ajax and me hook up, I'm not
3: going to sit and watch that for two hours. But I'll leave it on the Galazzo show and you.
1: Know, and Ajax, or as you like mm-hmm. to call it, Ajax. Jesus. Um, I mean, I'm down for that. I like that. Um, I
3: mean, you know, we we gave you the schedule earlier. <clears throat> you know, I told you in the first round of matches, there's about four of them that mm-hmm. I would be interested in watching. You know, PSG United, Liverpool, Ajax, um, um, Bayern, and Atletico, and maybe Chelsea, and Sevilla. Well, now I can kind of keep an eye on everybody without sitting there and studiously watch a match. So I'm down for that. So there's a pro. Good job, CBS Sports. You know, it, uh, and and here's my other thing. If you're going to have the online platform, <clears throat> um,
1: if that's where you're going to put all your matches, all right, and hold me up front. This is
3: unlike, say, Turner, where... They they showed you one match and then you had to go on bleach find your other mm. match. True. At least this one it's not like oh nope, here's the match. Because you know, there were a few times I'd be like, hey, you know and then I turn it on and of course it's fucking Barcelona because oh yeah. So you know what here you take that off the table, you're not stuck having to watch Barcelona and Olympiacos. Just because Messi's playing. That's you know, so you do get you get that um you get that plethora of other teams that smorgasbord that buffet of teams.
2: Mm, buffet. <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey. Homer says I would love this. Um <laughs> So yes, yeah, so Galazzo, that's cool. if you're if you're not
1: going to show every match over cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, now here's here's my other little pro. <laughs> that, okay. Uh, I'm a pro, I'm a little bit of a pro in the fact that Pe- sucks. Um, Peacock, CBS, Sportsnet, however they're doing it here. You know what?
1: The difference in back in the old days where it,
3: find the illegal stream from Cambodia to watch this match.
2: Yes, yeah, that's least, true.
3: At least. I know where to go. I know where I have to go to find my match. I have to go on the app, I find my team, and I can watch it. Mm-hmm. I'll give them that. Now, next thing is price point. How much a month am I going to have to pay for this shit? Uh,
1: Mark, I believe... I'm,
3: paying my, I'm paying my $4.99 a
1: month for
0: I, I can tell you in just a second here. Um, I actually... Uh, I had CBS All Access at one point. Then I canceled it, or right. I went to cancel it. Uh, oh. Actually, right before the Champions League, ended up starting on it, and uh-huh. they gave me two free months, which right. took me through the Champions League final. So right. I, I, that I, I, was I'm very
3: nice. Um, all
0: right. So plans start, they say, at five ninety nine a month. Um, I would like. So that's that is with. Um, so I guess that's for everything. And then if you want to watch like one of CBS's normal shows, uh, mm-hmm. you would have to watch them with limited commercials. That's the $5.99 a month. Um, and then you can get a commercial free option like Hulu offers uh, for $9.99 a month. Yeah. So,
3: I'm not really going to watch anything else on there.
0: Maybe some Navy football. Yeah. I'll say that
3: because that's what I always see on Sportsnet when I turn there. 17-3 point baby versus UMass, fantastic. So six bucks a month.
1: Watch basically at this point to watch six Liverpool Champions League matches, or maybe a small.
3: Well, actually, I can't watch. I'm working three of those days, so I don't get to watch those. Even though I mm-hmm. can't go back and watch it, which is nice. Um, and then a small handful of other matches. And then, however they do the knockout rounds, <laughs> we'll see if I keep it or not.
1: <laughs> um,
3: you know, I can deal with that. It's not perfectly ideal, but I can deal with that. Now, here's where I start to get issues. Oh, and also, don't forget we're Bleacher Report, where I was paying like $3 a match. Mm-hmm. And then the damn thing didn't work half the time.
2: That's very
3: true. My big question, big issue number one is, you know, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm paying you for this now. This some bitch better work. Yeah. Don't let me get on there and by the the stream finally gets going, there, you know, seven minutes left in the first half. Because that's just going to piss me the hell off and make me slam you everywhere. Yeah. Uh, And also, I'll just, well, I guess that's not quite as exclusive to certain items as Peacock. I know that's been a big issue with Peacock, is people who just can't use Peacock on their device.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm willing to give them a chance, and I think part of it is because I had such a horrible experience with Turner mm-hmm. That is kind of like, okay, you know what? You free me from the communists <laughs> you know, now it's the ultra right wing, um, you know, uh, dictator. So let's see. <laughs> hey, it's usually better at the beginning.
1: That's true. Um, so
3: as as long as they, you know, as long as they don't screw this pooch,
1: mm-hmm. I'll give you six bucks
0: a
3: month. Yeah. So, I am. Um,
0: I, I am a little disappointed they're not putting at least. Like one match, you know, it would probably have always been like the Barcelona, Barcelona. match or, or City. But I, it is a little disappointing that their commitment isn't more to, to have a little bit more actual live network coverage in the group yeah. stage. Again, we don't know yet what their knockout uh, right. stage coverage will be like. So we're, we're not going to pass judgment on that part. And um,
3: really, to I, me, the knockout stage is a little more important. Must see part of it
0: sure mm-hmm.
3: where okay look you know all right we we played your little game back off.
1: you know now what access are you going to give me when we're the final 16 the final eight the final four right and the five
0: yeah um and i i again i will say they I remember back when they did the their Champions League coverage back for the the playoffs in August. Uh, when I would go on the CBS app on my Apple TV, they, there was like front and center on match days. Like, hey, watch this. The match is on. It's Or it's coming up in like two hours. Get cool. excited, people. So, so maybe they will. The, and maybe in all fairness, to not be super cynical about all this, maybe they genuinely are believing that that digital streaming is, is more now than the future. And they're betting that this will, this will start to change people's habits going forward for other things. And so maybe that's it. Maybe it is, that's true. true. I mean, hell, I don't, I don't have cable. (laughs) So like, like, this doesn't really matter to me. I don't have cable. I don't have satellite. I just have streaming. So um, th- this is fu- this was technically fine for me. Like, it's not like I could watch CBS Sports Network anyway. Um, but I-, I think of a lot of people and just, you know, it's the same. It's similar. Like, I feel people's pay on Peacock. I really, really do. It yeah. wouldn't affect me in the slightest because I don't get NBC Sports Network unless I pay for it. Uh, like separately so but I so I I feel more other people's pain in this than my own because my own pain is almost non-existent Mm -hmm. Uh, besides the fact that I'll have to pay I I wish they had like I will give Peacock this I know it doesn't give you Premier League access I do wish CBS had like a free tier like Peacock does Mm -hmm. Um, because I have yet to pay for Peacock and I at least was able to watch some stuff on there uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, we will, we'll see. We'll pass a lot more judgment if they're still doing this in the knockout stage. Well,
3: think. here's my view. as long as when May comes around, I can
0: hear Brad Nessler say, and welcome to Istanbul. <laughs> that, that would be a, it'd probably go over better than Gus Johnson, to be honest. Dude, would yes. be amazing. Oh. Oh, <laughs> well, especially since he's not doing Florida LSU this weekend, we can start his prep work now. Oh, um,
3: okay. well, don't worry. The big game this week is actually it's it's right. the CBS night game,
0: which is the CBS night game.
3: Georgia, Bama. Oh. You know, usually the SEC games they do
0: like one night game a year and all the rest. Are- right. Mm-hmm. So then they'll take like the best game they have and make it. the mm-hmm. yeah, uh, It's a good thing. Georgia Bama also doesn't have a COVID related story to it. Good, good thing there. Um, get, get better. Nick Saban, get better, please. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah we'll so- move on. Uh, this is the part where we like to pimp the athletic. Uh, Wes, any, anything? Especially with all the college football craziness going on, uh, I know you. I know you love that. Anything else though? You want to pimp from the athletic?
3: I was about to say, shall I continue to pimp?
0: <laughs> oh, please, please, you can continue to pimp their college football coverage.
3: Uh, um, well, I'll say you know I hit up that old project, uh, big picture earlier from them. So uh, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I mean, college football coverage is just fantastic as always. Ari Wasserman, recruiting news. Um, it's just outstanding. Uh, there's a story on Billy Napier, um, who is kind of the hot new college coach uh, down at uh, University of Louisiana, has turned them into a um, into one of the big stories of the year of this early season so far. Uh, good story on Billy Napier. They've been doing a lot of Brooks Robinson. Hmm.
1: Nearly
3: 50 years since the Orioles won that World Series. And Bruce Robinson yeah. kind of took over the world for a few weeks there. Um, interesting something that uh, or- David Ornstein um, did a story the awkward situation between
2: Art.
3: <laughs> uh, always fun for us to jump in on Ozil, but uh, oh
2: yeah,
3: it actually did give some insight on Ozil, and it's what it is. Mm-hmm. It didn't change my pick. Oh
1: yeah,
3: um, and one I was going to mention just fuck you twenty twenty. Uh Joe Posnatsky, who did the who's done all those uh baseball countdowns mm-hmm. that we've Love. enjoyed so much uh did a uh, did a story on uh, Joe Morgan he passed away this past week yes uh everything Joe Morgan did on the field adds up to legacy. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about Joe Morgan a little more later, but um that was a uh that was a really really good article um, and of course, um plenty. Plenty to get in there and read about uh, this project, big picture, the nuclear war, as you called it. Um, yeah, lots of stuff there. I mean, the college football coverage. If you if you enjoy college football, I mean, this looks amazing. <laughs> I mean, literally, I, I read. So I read
1: stories about Liverpool, the Premier League uh, stories.
3: I will. Um, i follow. <clears throat> I follow the streams for Georgia and Miami. And I read um, all the recruiting stuff, and I read stuff about the Red Sox. And I literally like don't have enough time in the day to keep reading. You know, every day I just I pull up my stories and I start working. And I mean, I've still got so many saved stories right now. Like
1: every, anymore, this isn't relevant anymore.
3: I've got one in here about Edward Menday that <clears throat> I believe. It's already pretty much close enough to uh, not being relevant, so...
2: I'm
3: going to have to get rid of that one next. But
2: uh,
3: <laughs> a lot, just a lot. I mean, it's always... Right. And it's the Athletic. We love it. We're big fans. Just looking for our itty-bitty sponsorship. Just a little sponzy here, guys. Just a little sponzy. <laughs> just a lot. <laughs> but yeah, good times. Um,
0: so mine uh, also involves David Ornstein. Um, this was from his uh, m- uh, weekly column that he does. Uh, I think this comes out on uh, Sundays. Sundays it comes out every week. A um, couple good things in there. There's, again, more Ozil talk. Um, there's also some good details about Sergio Romero over at United. Um, but one thing that did strike out of me, and there's just, uh, only about seven paragraphs out of the whole thing, um, but gambling and advertising in football still likely to be banned. Um this that came actually from Adam Crafted, but was part of this article. Um there's some interesting talk about potentially getting gambling advertisements out of the Premier League, which would be very interesting because there are a lot of them, there're even some on team kits. so it will be very interesting to see like there's always been there's already been pushback from the Premier League um and especially the teams to not have that happen. But um, but we will see. This is going to be an ongoing issue because uh, of the the boogeyman that is gambling uh, and and advertising that to the to the impressionable youth that watch their favorite teams. Um, so to, that's always that's always a fun like synopsis. Though well, what is is
3: that the Premier League's not making
0: enough money. Also, also true. Also true. Um, I will say, I hadn't seen this article from Joe Poznansky about Joe Morgan. I do find it somewhat interesting. Um, not, I, I wouldn't call it ironic, but it's interesting that he's the one that ends up writing this. When when he's also connected to one Ken Tremendous on Twitter, who is actually Michael Schur, the creator of some of our favorite shows, including Parks and Rec, The Good Place, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, <laughs> um. And he, the two of them, Poznansky and Schur, actually do a podcast together called The PauseCast. <laughs> and why am I bringing up Michael Schur in this podcast? Because Michael Schur's big claim to fame, I think, was back in, I think it was 2003. He and his, a couple of his friends started a blog. And kept it up for five, six years called FirejoeMorgan.com. Um and it is a hilarious, hilarious, hilarious website. Um I, I would implore you all, it's as far as I know, it still exists. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to type it up right now and uh and, and make sure here that it does still exist. Um, yep, Fire Joe Morgan with its old uh, blog spot, stylizing, uh, still there. Yeah, I ran until uh, the end of the 2008 season. Um, not just takedowns of Joe Morgan, but any time wow. bad baseball journalism was done or said on broadcast, they wrote about it in incredibly hilarious ways. Um, so do go check that out. It's firejoeMorgan.com. It is, it is amazing. Um, and then lastly, to get back to the athletic, uh, just a little news story that came out today. Um, exclusive, Kieran Trippier left England camp to attend FA betting charge hearing. And this is like, oh, of course, England's bad week gets worse. Um, but the funniest part is, this is exactly what happened with Daniel Sturridge, where he, he told people he was being uh, not traded. Uh, he was being sold on loan or were sold to a different club. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the people he told made bets on that and so that with that inside information so this is a interesting story um about trippier and, and what he could be facing which is also again part of the uh the athletics push to do more breaking stories and up-to-the-minute coverage instead of just their high quality long-form journalism that they are so well known for uh, so go check that out as well Uh, That brings us to the watch for the West. What you watching in the week that was, or the week that will be? Have I brought up Letterkenny? Yes, yes, you have.
3: Jesus Christ, I can't bring that up enough. That's like because. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So basically, the girl I'm currently seeing, uh, Mm -hmm. she's the one who's turned me on to the Letterkenny.
1: So basically, now when I get on the,
3: um. I, I just, I start watching the next episode of Letterkenny, and that's how long I go for. Uh, I've almost fallen three different times. Oh, Just because something will happen, and I'll just, like, die laughing. Uh, <laughs> God, what a, what a fantastic fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you would really appreciate it. I mean, it's much-
2: I do love like Canadians.
1: People. I mean, it,
3: it's taken me. I've gotten through two seasons. It took me a while to figure out what the hell they were, at because it's a lot of like uh, hockey slang, mm-hmm. like Canadian hockey slang, like shit that we nice have. Nice dart, bro. Play. Oh, dude, no, it, it's it's been the, um, the the what the what's the hell's the word I'm looking for here? Like, just the the script of it is so damn good. They're so quick and back and forth. Mm-hmm. Just a, it's a really good show. Obviously, I mean, I'm I'm late to the I'm late to the game here, not the first time, but um, yeah, check it out. It's on the Hulu. Mm. Definitely check it out. There, uh, Archer is quickly coming to an end because short seasons now. Yeah, but damn it, that's it, it's it's great. I, I'm very happy to see doing what they're doing. I continue my run through the Shield. Um. It's October. You got your Halloween. You got scary movies on this month. Ooh. Very scary. Very scary. Uh, so check some of those out. I've watched new, uh, newer ones for me. Um, just want to bring up, unfortunately, I mean, this is our TV talk. about things that happen in TV. Um, earlier today, Conchata Farrell passed away. Uh, she's best known as Berta from Two and a Half Men.
2: Kind mm, uh, mm-hmm. of,
3: yeah. of the glue of that show. Who um, kept Charlie Sheen and John Cryer kind of in check through the whole thing? Uh, and she's been in a bunch of different things over the years. So, uh, 2020,
1: I think the back end of 2020, where it's starting to kill everybody. Mm-hmm.
3: So, uh, yeah, that was 2018, right? Wasn't 2018 like the worst year? Ever? That
1: was 2018.
2: Yeah, 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 it
3: was 2018, because then in 2019. Oh, yeah. it's the damn COVID years. Yeah. yeah. Anyway,
0: throw one up for two and a half minutes. Um. So my show is uh is interesting. Uh, I, I I still need to catch up. I have i I'm through the Barry episode of Archer. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm through the uh the uh the Alistar episode of Archer, which is oh well. There's a new one tonight. I guess. Yeah, I, I think – so I think I'm caught up through tonight's episode. Like, I haven't seen tonight's episode, but I think I'm caught up before mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah, just so high quality. Um, um, I watched a show, and uh, I don't know how I did it, but I managed to do it. Um, I binged the entire show in one night. Um, the, now, it was only an eight-episode series. And it's on Netflix. And every episode ranges from only about 20 to 35 minutes. But this show is called Living With Yourself. And I have to start by saying, if you're not a fan of Paul Rudd, (laughs) there's, there's literally zero reason for you to watch this show. Literally zero reason. Um but well, if you Paul do
3: Ron Pantana. That's a no, that's a hell of an actor Paul Rudd could be more like Ron Pantana. <laughs> uh,
0: if you like Ant-Man, this might this might be an interesting show for you. Um it's it's not quite a comedy. It's it's not quite a drama. I guess it's a dramedy sort of. Um basically, and this this isn't a spoiler because if you watch any literally any trailer for it it shows it to you and it this is the whole conceit of the show so whatever if you're that worried about spoilers i like that level i guess skip the next couple minutes um basically what happens is paul rudd uh thinks he's going to a spa to get like some sort of cleanse or treatment that make him feel better or make him more relaxed or whatever and uh he wakes up in a plastic bag Uh, buried slightly underground in the middle of a little forest. Um, And he's like, what the hell is going on? And then he goes, walks to his home, because he doesn't see his car in the parking lot of the spa anymore. And he finally gets home, and it's late night. And as he comes in, he is attacked downstairs by another man. And, oh, this man is also Paul Rudd. And so what happened is the spa he went to actually cloned him. But instead of actually killing the original, that they the people there messed up and the original lived. So now there's two Paul Rudds in this show. and uh, the they're very, very different. It's a very it's a very sort of a I I guess odd couple approach, but it's an odd couple where, All the people around him don't know there's actually two different Paul Rudds. Um, So hijinks ensue. Um, But yeah, it's a very, very interesting show. But again, if you are not into Paul Rudd, since he's the two main characters of this show, you should probably pass. If you like Paul Rudd, it's only eight episodes. It's like four hours or so. Not even. Give it a shot. Is uh, it's uh, it's very interesting. A few uh, a few interesting cameos also pop up uh, during it. So uh, yeah, very very interesting show. Not a lot of um, not a lot of science involved. It's much more of a philosophical like, what does it mean to be your best self? And if there was two of you, what would you do? What would you have the clone of you do? You know all that sort of fantasy shit, as done by Paul Rudd. Um, unfortunately, there was no Mac and Me references. I was very uh-huh. disappointed with that. I guess that's I guess that's that's reserved for Conan and Conan alone, I guess. But uh, but yeah, so go check that out. It's called Living with Yourself. It's on Netflix. It's been out for almost exactly a year. So so striking while the iron is ice cold, I guess.
3: So you're uh, but, telling you're telling Dr. Krieger that they figured out how to do funding.
0: Yes. Hey, these, these these ones, <laughs> unfortunately, Krieger has the flushing part right. These people did not. That's that's the difference. <sighs> and with that, we bring you to the end of this week's episode of the Afford Affair podcast episode 336. Um as always, we are presented by NGSC Sports. You can find them on the social media as well as us. On Twitter as a collective, we are at AFAPod. Wes, you are? I'm at Wes for 21 And I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, via our parent show, the New Sports Show, and email us at LNU Show at gmail.com. Uh, thanks to our podcast providers, including Podbean.com, Stitcher Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Um... With that, we will be back next week. We'll be recapping the first week of the Champions League action in the group stage. Uh be talking, I'm sure we'll be talking about Everton Liverpool uh, after after their hookup this weekend. Uh, so a lot of a lot of fun stuff to chat about next week. But before we get out of here, Wes, anything else uh, you want to mention?
3: Uh, we touched on Joe Morgan earlier.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: it's been a tough damn month for that's four. God, that's like four in the last five weeks, man. Tom, Weber, mm-hmm. Bob Gibson, Whitey Ford, mm-hmm. now Joe Morgan. Yep. Uh, so, uh, you know, um, and, and these guys, you know, to me, it's also to me because these are four guys who, you know, now my dad, granted, not the world's big sports fan by any means. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this was his generation growing up watching these guys, you know, Even my dad's like, Tom Seager, yeah, I remember him. Joe Morgan. yeah, I remember him. Mm -hmm. And my dad, now my dad literally four baseball players off the top of his head. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, three of them are Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, and Roger Mm Maris.
0: Because my
3: dad, air quotes, big Yankee fan here.
0: Oh, of course, of course.
3: Big Yankee fan. But like the only other guy he ever, like, in eternity of baseball was Bob Gibson, and huh. he—you know—we all have those like moments. Think of something, and my dad just clearly remembers the '69 World Series. He was in driver's ed, and the <laughs> teacher had the
1: baseball game. My dad was in the ninth grade in the, and um,
3: that's what they had on in the driver's ed room was uh, Bob Gibson pitching against the Detroit Tigers. And my dad remembers Bob Gibson. And that's a legendary, dominating World Series performance from Gibson. And my dad clearly remembers that. And those are two things he put together, him being in driver's ed and watching Bob Gibson pitch for the Cardinals. So, Mm -hmm. you know, now even Mr. Big Yankee fan here had to think of something. Why Mm do I know that name? It's like, all right, Mr. Big Yankee fan, sure. But uh, Bob Gibson was one. Even my dad just kind of went, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. So, um, you know, hate, hate losing our hate losing our um, unfortunately, I guess they're just kind of getting to that twilight of their life. So Enjoy mm-hmm. while we got them and who knows maybe, maybe one day we'll be allowed back out and you know, if, you, if you get the chance go and meet your old heroes. Yeah. yeah, it kind of flies in the face of most people but I say go meet your heroes. Yeah. It's, Let it's,
0: them it's, uh, it's okay. It's part of life. There you go.
3: It's
0: been a bit oh, disappointed. TV this weekend. Hey! hey, he, hey brought it, he brought it back around. He brought it Woo-hoo. back around. Um, so, on that note, uh, we will go ahead and end this week's edition of the pod. Thanks so much, all you out there, for listening in. And to make sure to tune back in next week. Now from a call Cry crime West Bradshaw, I'm Edward Green. Everyone out there, stay safe. Wash your hands and enjoy the football. It's gonna be a doozy this weekend.
3: Good night, Harry McGuire. Maybe you can do that <sighs> right. Just fucking go to bed.
0: <laughs> He'll probably hit his head on the on the on the top bunk or something.
3: Oh my head's so big. It's oh, <laughs> oh, terrible.
1: It's not great. It's definitely not great.
0: All right. Well, with that, I believe I can say... Oh my gosh,
3: I totally forgot to mention my smoking hot nuts. (laughs) Even though I was eating them through the entire episode, you couldn't hear me cracking.
2: (laughs) Crap cracking those nuts.
3: Cracking my nuts. (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. You're
0: listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook.
1: NGSC Sports. We never stop.